0: Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this season of The Deep. We'll be here in a couple of weeks, but in the meantime, I'm going to be resharing some of my absolute favorite episodes. You can subscribe to The Deeper membership where I post a new episode every single fortnight, even while we're on break. There's links to that in the show notes to subscribe on your Apple podcasts or on Android with ACAST+. I hope you love this episode from the archives.
1: I was six months pregnant I had no way to even contact him I found out that he had had her name tattooed on his wedding ring finger and I lost it like lost it because here I am still wearing my wedding ring still feeling like the story isn't over and he's like going through what he's going through but we're coming back together and then I see with my own eyes I see this ink tattooed on his freaking finger
0: Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. What would you do if you were pregnant, had a two year old son, and found out the love of your life was leaving you for someone they met at the gym? How would you deal with the betrayal? Would it make you crazy? Would you do things you regret? Would you take them back? This is a wild story of infidelity, forgiveness, and redemption. Jack, I want to welcome you to the deep. Thank you so much for having the courage on sharing your story today.
1: I am so excited and honored to be here as soon as I was introduced to your podcast I just like love everything that you're about and the stories that you're bringing to this world so thank you for having me
0: it's um I think this is going to be a triggering episode for lots of people and the circumstances which surrounded you five years ago why don't you take us there tell us what was going on in your life
1: five years ago. It's hard to believe it was five years ago because in some moments it feels like yesterday and then other times it feels like a a completely different lifetime Mm -hmm. ago. But yeah, five years ago I was happily married. I had my son who was just about to turn two years old. I was three months pregnant with my daughter, which felt like a bit of a miracle in itself. I had went through a couple um, really late term miscarriages before in between my son and my daughter. So I was really in this place where I felt like life was pretty much perfect. My business was taking off. Things just were like ugh, good. I was living like downtown Toronto. I had a beautiful home. Everything felt like, wow, like this is it. This is everything I've ever dreamed of. And then I was sitting there one day, I was sitting there one day, my husband and I, there was just kind of like this weird energy between us. And I actually came across a girlfriend was on, I was on Facebook, my son was like watching a movie, my husband was out and I came across this friend on Facebook that I hadn't spoken to in a couple years. And I saw that she had a new baby. And the last time I had spoke to her, her and her husband had been separated. So I sent her this message. I was like, wow, like, I'm so happy. Like things worked out with your husband and you have this baby and you moved to California. and it looks like all your dreams are coming true. And she wrote me back immediately. And she was like, yeah, we did reconcile, but we're actually not together anymore. I found out when I was pregnant that he was having an affair. And I literally went to type in Like who the fuck does that? Like who would do that when their wife is pregnant and instantly I got hit with this knowing that said your husband, that's what he's doing right now. This is, this is Craig in this moment. And the second thought that came through was like, this is the craziest thing you've ever thought. Like Craig is such a family man. Like he loves you so much. Like this is like not even possible. And then the voice came back and was like, no, you know, like, you know, like, don't turn away from this. And that's the moment I found out that my husband was having an affair. Hang on, hang on, hang on. How,
0: (laughs) how do you go from being in marital bliss in a happy life to having a moment on Facebook to this knowing, how do you have a knowing like that?
1: it was so wild. I don't even know how to explain it. Like now knowing what I know and how deeply connected as women we are to our intuition. Like it was just this, it was this unexplainable hit that was like, for me, I was like, Hey, I could, I could close the computer. I could be like, Oh, this doesn't make any sense. I could be like, you know, not question it, but it was just this like visceral feeling in my body that said like, this is, this is happening in your life. This is happening in your marriage.
0: Did this woman have anything to do with your knowing? Was she the other woman?
1: No, 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 no. She was literally like a friend who I hadn't spoke to in two years. This was like the beautiful thing. She was just sharing her story with me and all of a sudden it like hit for me and it clicked. And the even like crazier part of this, which we'll, which we'll find out later on in my story is that it was the exact moment that it happened it's not something that had been happening for a month for weeks for even days it was like the day of
0: i'm getting like full shivers cuz i don't i don't know this story i'm finding out this story with everybody that's listening so uh, it, it, you generally i'm assuming when people are cheating they find they find evidence you have no evidence
1: no, like, honestly, like, the most blindsided, like, my birthday had actually been about three weeks, three weeks or four weeks earlier, and, um, we were out with my sisters and their husbands, and, and my husband was, like, talking about, like, how incredible our life was, and, like, how incredible I was, and the week before, my, I had taken my son to visit my family, we were gone out of town for, like, two days, and he was sending me messages, like, oh, like, being home on a Sunday without you guys is like so hard and it sucks and I miss you guys and I wish you were here and we were doing all these things. And I honestly, like now even looking back, I don't even think he saw it coming.
0: The other thing is you'd feel a disconnect generally in your relationship. I I, I mean, I'm trying to just make sense of this before someone strays, but you're saying it was really loving
1: it was really loving. It was really solid. Now, I mean, I went through a whole spiritual journey. And so there was a lot of self-reflection for me. But when people asked, you know, in the beginning, they were like, what? Like, was there any clues? I was, I said, no. And I was like, if there was any clue, like if I had to pick any clue, it would have been, we, I mean, we, we really connect through our, our sex life. And I mean, I was pregnant at the time, so obviously, like, we were having sex, but there was a long recovery period for me. Like I shared, I had had two really late term miscarriages. My second one was a a pretty horrific ordeal. um, And there was a lot of physical recovery afterwards. So there was a while where, like, that just like disconnect came in. But my, you know, my feels and what I thought his feels were, and I think this was, I mean, to this day, like, it was just something that we had been through. And so it wasn't like the the sexual disconnect was there because we weren't like attractive because we weren't feeling that way. It was it was really um, a physical thing. So that was like the only thing if I looked back for like the few months, the six months before that I would be able to say was any different um, for us. And what I really like know now it's that we, you know we we just, with that disconnect, we just stopped communicating. We never really expressed what was going on for each of us through the like losses that we had. And there's
0: just a lot going on with a two-year-old grieving, all of that. There's so much just daily, day-to-day life that you are trying to get through without even breaking down your feelings and your thoughts, right? Mm.
1: Yeah. And we definitely just never gave ourselves that, that chance. Like when you said the word grieve, I was like, Oh yeah, we didn't give ourselves that, that chance to grieve. So that's like, I mean, those were the kind of like, those were the things that were like different in our world. But did I think that we, I mean, do I think either of us thought that we weren't like happy within our marriage? No.
0: Do you mind if I ask how far along your um, pregnancies, your prior pregnancies were that you uh,
1: miscarried? Yeah, both were um, 16 weeks. Wow. And yeah. um, the second one was actually like a choice that that I had to make of the baby wasn't going to be born healthy. The likelihood of the baby being born was highly unlikely and the it was like a definite like we'll never leave the hospital. Wow. Because it's still
0: such a short period of time between a two-year-old – and being three months pregnant, and then two quite dense uh, miscarriages. Like that's been a quite an intense time for you. Mm -hmm. I (laughs) want (laughs) to, I want to go now to the, his, his reality in this moment where your child's watching TV, you are on this Facebook, uh, you're having this moment of realization. What's what do you do?
1: well me being me is i just i was like i'm gonna ask him i'm just gonna like be bold about it and i asked and he was like of course not like straight up like no denial like absolutely not and then i just was like no doesn't doesn't feel right not sitting right and i went into like detective mode i was like i need proof and i did i went into detective mode and i showed up at his like work the next morning and was like i have a name a phone number an address like i know where she works whoa 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 hang on (laughs) how
0: hang on how do you get this information
1: I'm a I'm a really good detective. I honestly just had a had an inkling, a feeling. I was like, it's somebody from the gym that he's been going to. Um and process of elimination. I just Did you go in his phone? Nope, didn't I didn't have his phone, but process of elimination, Whoa. I was like, um I mean, I, I kind of narrowed it down to one of two people at the gym he was going to, and the one was like a new buddy of his girlfriend. So I kind of was like, felt safe eliminating eliminating her, and yeah, I just I just showed up at his at his work that next day once I felt like I knew the whole story or the the parts of it or what I needed to know, and I said her name, and I could tell by the look in his face that I was right.
0: <gasps> so. This happened in twenty four hours or, or thirty six hours. He, yeah, about thirty six hours. He had, uh, had his moment with this woman. The same time you felt it, within mm-hmm. that time you did the detective work. You turn up at his work. So this, um, this sexual encounter—it was a one-off,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and at you. This point. Uh, okay, so then. like are there people around like what does he say this must be quite humiliating for him like what are you you must be in a rage like what is happening
1: so this is the crazy thing if you like knew me back then like you would think like rage is, is basically what everyone would have expected and I was pretty calm it was almost this like I think there was a part of me that wanted like that, that wanted to believe it wasn't true, but also was like, I felt it so deeply inside of me that I was like, I also need my intuition to be right. Like I need to be able to trust this knowing that I have. So it wasn't in front of anyone. I just, my, my mom and my sister were staying at my house. So it couldn't be a conversation that I had in my house. Um, and I actually didn't fully piece it together until he had, till he was at work. So I, I drove to his work. Um, just, said can we can we talk now and we kind of went outside and I just like kind of dropped it on him and he hung his head and I said do you want to tell me about her do you want to tell me about it and he said no and I said you know I'm I don't even really know what to do I said I'm just gonna like walk away right now but I just want you to know like I know so there's no more denying it. And that was it. And then I drove away and I, had all, and I had all the crazy thoughts. Like I was like, oh, like, does she know I'm pregnant? I'm going to like storm into her work, like all of these things. And I just like, I don't know what stopped me, but I, I didn't. Cause
0: I'm, I'm sitting here four and a half months pregnant and oh my God. God, like just the, I think, I don't know if it's when children are involved as well. The level of selfishness, you know, you just get like, I feel quite protective of you in this moment, but how do you move? Like you're living together. You have children together. What do you do? How do you move through this?
1: So first of all, I just was, I was I kept it to myself. I, I, this was the crazy thing. Like the thought that went through my head was like, you can't tell anyone, you can't share this with anyone. What are they going to think of you? If your husband could do this while you're pregnant, like they would think that you are this like crazy witch, you know, like why? Like and and knowing my husband, like everyone loves Craig. Craig is the person who would do anything for everyone. Like when people eventually found it, they were like in disbelief and in shock. And so I, I just really went into this, like, I felt shame, I felt embarrassed. So I didn't tell anyone, I kept it to myself. And then I booked a, a flight. I booked a flight and took my son to like a beach vacation and just told them like, hey, we're going like get your shit figured out by the time we get back and we'll be gone for four days. And like whatever you need to do during those four days, like just have your shit figured out by the time we get back. Did that mean get out of my house or did that mean end it? That meant end it. That meant like, let's put a Band-Aid solution on this. Let's pretend, and I'm sure I said these words, like let's, no one needs to know, no one knows. Let's pretend it didn't happen. Like it's, it's, let's just like fix this. Let's just like pretend that this didn't happen, you know? And the one thing that I will say about about this about my husband is he um, he wasn't willing to just like brush him on the rug. He's like, well, this obviously happened for for a reason. And so I went away. I was like stressed to this max. I was heartbroken. I was, you know, keeping all this bottled inside of me. I lost 10 pounds within 10 days at, you know, at three months pregnant. Not a great situation to be in. Um, and by the time I came home, four days later, he had decided to really like own his decision and decided that he was going to go build a life with this person (gasps) and, was moving in with her and there was no like discussion, there was no trying to like do anything to like repair our marriage. It was just like, no, I was unhappy and I did this and I'm in love with this person and we're gonna create a life together and that's the way it's gonna be.
0: Um, was he in love with her?
1: I don't, I mean, at this point, I don't think so. But I think that he did fall in love with her after. Over the next eight months that they lived together. And he would say no, but I would say yes.
0: This happened. Mm
1: -hmm. He moved out. Mm -hmm. He did
0: it. He did it. He followed through. He followed through. So... I'm just thinking of the your health at the moment and your well-being with this pregnancy and how you're turning up as a mother let alone how you're dealing with your own sense of betrayal
1: he moves out of your house he moves out he's he's like a couple blocks away a couple blocks away and and um you know was such an incredible dad like like being with my son was like the light of his life and started being really disconnected from him like you know seeing him a couple times a week sometimes not showing up Um, so for me in the beginning it was like yeah it it was the heartbreak it was the rage it was the anger it was the like you can't fucking do this like no you just can't do this like this isn't the way it's supposed to be And the one thing again, going back to this, like knowing that I had, and I remember the first person I told, I said it was one of my best friends from childhood. And I said to him, I was like, but it's like, I just know it's not about me. And he was like, you're crazy. Like it's your marriage. It's obviously about you. And I was like, it's not about me. There's something in this that he needs to like experience and go through. There's something that he needs to heal. And I also know this isn't the end of our journey and while I was able to say that and know that obviously there was a lot of like ups and downs through the eight months There was the roller coasters there's the times where I was like oh maybe this is actually it um and while I knew it wasn't about me I also knew that there was a gift in this for me I also knew that there was something my soul had been calling on that I had been ignoring that I had been shutting down and one of the blessings actually You know people said how could this happen while you're pregnant I was like how could it not if I wasn't pregnant there would have been rage there would have been alcohol there would have been Mm. fight like there would have been explosiveness so it was like of course it had to happen while I was pregnant and then at the same time shortly after this I found out that there was some health complications with my daughter they expected her to be born um, in the second trimester They, they didn't know if she would even get to the third trimester and after my last two miscarriages I really shifted into like I need to like do whatever I can to like make sure this baby girl's healthy um, I just like so I went into like a, a mode where I just was there to take care of myself and my son and my baby girl and to like I went down a spiritual path, a, growth, a path of spiritual growth and tapping into like I first learned to meditate just to deal with the anxiety that I would wake up every night at 4 a.m. with and I just really took it as time to like nurture my, my being and my soul. And who is looking after you through this?
0: Who's turning up for you? Who's helping pay for food like
1: is he still yeah so I feel like this is crazy to say who's looking after me like my first instinct my first thought to Sadie was like was my son which sounds crazy because he's two but he just like I don't know he had this knowing of like the nights I needed him to crawl into my bed with me he had this knowing of like how to just like when my husband would show up and I would be so angry and I would see his smile and his excitement and his joy and see that he didn't hold a grudge like he he just actually really allowed me to like step back and see things and to not be so reactive and volatile um, so I would say like my son really did and then at the same time like to, like actually like financially asking those questions like my husband didn't shy away from like any of those type of responsibilities but um, Yeah. I, it just was, it was a whirlwind to begin with. And then thankfully I had some women that I had connected with like in the six months before that became soul sisters and had been down a spiritual path before me. And all of a sudden, again, it was knowing like why these women came into my life when they did shortly before this. Do you seek out the other woman? No, I don't. Um, I knew who she was. I knew where she worked. My, I had some girlfriends actually who, you know, wanted to go to her work that started following her on Instagram and they would like send me pictures and screenshots and this is what's happening and all, you know, all of this stuff. And it came to the point where I actually had to, had to say to a group of my girlfriends, I was just like, you know, this isn't helping me. Like, I need you guys to stop. I need you guys to stop following her. I need you to stop sending me pictures of them. I need to like, what that's really doing is making me feel powerless. It's making me feel like a victim. And I actually feel, and this was probably about a month, six weeks into it. I was like, I actually feel like I'm rising to my power. I actually feel stronger than I ever have before. So I need to like be on this journey myself. And I just can't have you guys like sharing this with me. And then after that, I, I pretty much was able to disconnect from her energy. For the most part, there is a few not so highlight moments of my life that, you know, that went down over the next eight months. But, um, can you tell us about them? I totally can. But I just wanted to like, before I get there, I wanted to say like, I think it's so easy to paint that person. And I wanted to, in the beginning, I wanted to so bad paint her as this, like, dirty little mistress who corrupted my husband and manipulated Mm, him mm. and stole him. And it was like, I also knew like, that's not the truth. Like he made a choice. Mm -hmm. And while I also didn't love her choices, it, it, I also, as much as I could say it had nothing to do with me. It also had nothing to do with her. I really love that you have,
0: pointed that out because I think that's the easiest way when these things occur is for us to want to protect the partner and want to blame the other. Mm -hmm. I believe that we could all sit in either position in life you know Mm -hmm. throughout different circumstances you could be the mistress you could be the one that has been betrayed so I think it's really profound for everyone to hear that from you.
1: Well since we're on the conversation of her, the one thing that I'll like actually tell you that I regret from the unraveling of this situation and spoiler alert, my husband and I end up reconciling way down the road um, of this journey after my daughter's born. Uh, But when you asked me like, if he loved her, she, she had sent him this message right after him and I decided to reconcile. And it said, you know, I was always your toy. It was never going to last. I don't believe you loved me. And I wrote her this letter and I never sent it cause I thought, you know, she doesn't want to hear from me. But in hindsight, I wish I would have because I wanted her to just like, no, like, he's my husband. I saw him love you. I saw him choose you over his child. Like, oh. don't feel like you were a toy. Don't feel like you didn't matter. And I, it was like, my hope for you is actually that you find the love that I know you felt with him. You told people he treated you like a queen. Don't let the outcome of this actually make you feel you're not worthy of love. I could cry that is so beautiful and so kind. But I never sent it. I never sent it, and I wish I would have because, I i mean, and this is part of my mission here on Earth, is to let every woman on the planet know how worthy she is. And I think it's really important that we don't let our circumstances some of our choices define who we are who we get to be who who loves us how we love
0: so you have um spoiled the story by telling us <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> by telling us that you reconcile um i know in that 8 months there's uh, so many varying moments for you um of anger, grief, conversations, questioning whether or not that's right. How do you get back to a place of softening and forgiveness?
1: Well, this was like, I mean, this was the biggest learning. This was the biggest learning of my journey, of my life. Um, You know, in the beginning, like I said, everyone would have expected me to, to be rage. I was the woman who said like, I would never, you know, if this happened in my marriage, if this happened in my life, like I'd be gone. I would never even consider. And like I said, I just, I had this knowing, I had this knowing that it wasn't over, that there is more in our journey to come. And one thing that I really like felt into a lot was like, seeing my husband become someone that I don't believe he was. And and I was just like, gosh, I, I want my kids, I want my daughter who's growing inside me to like see the man I married, to see, experience his his love. And I mean she is such a daddy's girl now and their love is so insane. Um but I just really like held on to this. So one thing that I I I really focused on through the tidal waves. This is what I called it. My like the tidal waves would come rolling in and I'm talking like I was blocked from his phone I was six months pregnant I had no way to even contact him um, at one point I found out gosh when was this like 10 weeks into this this store piece of our story I found I found out that he had had her name tattooed on his wedding ring finger no. and I lost it like lost it because here I am still wearing my wedding ring, still feeling like the story isn't over and he's like going through what he's going through, but we're coming back together. And then I see with my own eyes, I see this ink tattooed on his freaking finger on the side of the street. And I'm just like, again, one of the not so highlight moments. I'm like, who like, the fuck do you think you are you can't go r- r- running around town with some other woman and getting her name tattooed on your body when I'm pregnant with our daughter and his response was like like yes I can like who's gonna stop me and I was just like so angry and he drove away from me and I like we got into a high speed car chase like, around the city
0: pregnant still uh-huh
1: and I am just at this point was like I no like was like you don't get to fucking do this you know um and it was I mean that day like going back to that day I ended up at that point something happened and I ended up he was talking to her in front of me and her and I got on the phone together and then I mean her and I actually had a pretty um the conversation was not what you would expect. And it was actually a pretty interesting conversation. But afterwards I read through all their text messages and that was like something that like I wanted to bleach my eyeballs out after. I was like the things that I read, the way that I heard him talk to her, the way the things that I heard them say about me, it was, it was. I, I felt defeated after that. I felt so defeated after that. I have so many questions. How do you get the texts? So so as we're in this battle, this rage, after the car chase, I ended up, actually, oh my God. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever shared this before. I ended up, he, I actually stole his car, which was our car, but he pulled over on the side of the road and I got in it and drove away so that he didn't even have a way to travel anymore. And I sent him a message and said like, I'm driving to your work if you wanna like meet me there so that he had to show up knowing that i was going to his work and that was probably a scene he didn't want to to be part of so he shows up there and he's speaking to her when he gets there and they're like laughing at me you know i'm i'm like basically feeding into everything that they believed about me i'm acting like the crazy woman you know i'm chasing around the city i'm stealing his car i'm showing up at his work so they're talking about me and i literally just handed out my hand and i was like let me speak to her. And so her and I got on a phone call and I walked away with his phone, hopped back in that car and drove away. So then I had his phone and after her and I hung up, I kept it for two hours and scrolled through all the things that I wish I never had. What was the conversation with
0: her on the phone about?
1: Um, between her and I was really, I mean, kind of what I shared earlier, like. He, I'm not chaining him to my bed. Like you need to like realize you're getting divorced. At this point, my husband and I are also talking to divorce lawyers. So it was just very much of like, he was so unhappy with you and he's happy with me. And why can't you just like let him be there and um, like basically like move on with your life.
0: We went from really happy families to, I have been unfaithful to, I'm moving out. Was Mm -hmm. there ever a point where you guys spoke with a therapist or spoke together in a way to understand what was going on?
1: No. So we were supposed to speak with a like family therapist slash mediator that like deals with family separations and he never showed up. So we had appointments and he didn't show up and, um, We ended up seeing her separately and I'm not sure if this is very professional or allowed, but it happened anyways. She started to share some of like their conversations with me and she just said, you know, he can't show up with you. She said he can't show up with you because he can't see the look in your eyes. He can't see the hurt he's caused like he, he, there is love there and if he sits in the room with you, he can't deny it anymore. But at the same time, she said, I also think that you have to be prepared that he's likely going to walk away. And by a walk away, she means, like, he might never meet his daughter. He might never see his son again. He's, there's, you know, some abandonment wounds in his family with his own father. And she was really like, you have to be prepared for that.
0: I'm not a therapist, but what I'm hearing is he drew this line in the sand Maybe Mm -hmm. it was, uh, you know, just a spontaneous moment. But the damage that he did in that moment, he was willing to go all the way through this for eight months versus deal with you and Mm -hmm. live in his choice.
1: And live in his choice and, you know, people in his world, like... I mean, my family, his family, his friends, everyone was like, you, you know, you can't do this. Everyone was giving him like, n- there was no support for him. Let's just say there was absolutely no support for him. And he found a place where, you know, a, a new group of friends, a new woman that like, everything, like his choices, his actions were okay. There was no judgment. There was yeah. no questioning. There was no like, and and to to be honest, when I think back, like I was like, she was the only one that was able to create a safe space for him where he, you know, they both shared with me about the pain that he was in the nights that he would cry himself to sleep. Um, I mean, she shared that with me on that, that phone conversation. So I don't, I, th- I think that he really just decided to own it because then it made it for him. It made it okay. If I'd made this choice because I was unhappy and because this is like my soul mate and I'm in love and I'm unhappy, it's, it like it was like justifying his actions to himself. What was he crying about? Missing missing our son mostly. Not being there, not being in our son's world.
0: But then he was willing to not turn up sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Cause there was I mean, there was also a lot of substances being used, I think, that probably contribute to the emotional
0: the messages that I can just, I think we can all imagine
1: the things that are in there. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think there's a message that none, no one could assume that I didn't see coming. um, That really is what stopped me in my tracks, which made me return the car and return the phone and walk away. And I like prayed to my angels and God and asked for signs of like, let this be it. Let me walk away from this now. Let me not hold on to this, like belief this, like let this be it. Let me like actually like draw the line here. Like let me be done. Um, and I was seeing a message chain back and forth between them where they thought I was faking my pregnancy. And for me, it was like, don't you remember the week before, you know, when we were picking out baby names Remember when we actually went and got genetic testing done because of the last two miscarriages? And when I said that to him, I said, Do you not, do you actually not think I'm pre-? Like I went back, I was just like, I was so defeated at that point. I was like, Do you actually not think I'm pregnant? And he said, You don't look like you're pregnant. And I was like, Yeah, I lost 10 pounds in 10 days. I'm not, I'm not gaining weight. Our daughter's not gaining weight. You haven't came to any of the ultrasounds. But don't you remember that, that testing? Remember, we we took Kane's stroller. And we went into this building, and I got a blood test, and you got, like, your cheek swabbed. And he looked at me and said, you're delusional. That didn't happen. And I looked around, and I was like, am I, like, on a reality show here? Like, that happened. It, like, is she listening? And you told her I wasn't pregnant? Like, what's going on here? And that was when I was like, I just like I actually just need to walk away here and that was when I was like I need to take care of myself and my baby and my child was that
0: the was that the turning point were you just like I'm not stealing any more cars I'm not letting him bedazzle me like I'm not going to be put into this caricature of myself
1: yeah that was the turning point and where I really started like the deeper self-reflection that I started really like tapping into like okay what can, what can I choose here? What can I, you know, control for lack of a better word? I was like, I can't control him. I can't control his actions. I can't control how he shows up, when he shows up. So what can I choose here? And I was like, I'm going to choose peace. And I kept that as my anchor going forward. I was like, Hey, every time I want to rage, every time I want to battle, I'm going to choose peace. I'm going to choose peace for myself and peace for my daughter and peace for my son. And I kept that as like, you know, when he would piss me off, when he wouldn't show up, I would be like, okay, what do you want here? Peace. And then it came to the point where um, he went on a vacation with her for three weeks. And I was like, okay, if you want peace, like, what would you really choose? At this point, I was like, she's never gonna, you know, she's never gonna be able to see our kids and all this rage and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if I'm choosing peace, I want my kids to have a happy dad. I want them to see him happy. So I wrote him this letter, and I was like, if I still feel this way when he comes back, I'll give it to him. And it was like, hey, choosing peace means that if you choose her and that's your happy place, like, our kids can be there. We'll figure it out because I want you to be happy, and I want me to be happy, and I want our kids to be happy. So he comes back, and the first time he sees... Our son who's like lingering around he was like lingering around and usually like I get in the door and he would bolt like he did not want to be around me and I'm blocked from his phone at this time still and I have this letter ready to give him and I asked him I was like if like what would make you the most happy right now like what would make you feel at peace and his response was to come like live on this couch so I can be with Cain every day and I was like well that's not like that can't happen and that's not realistic like what would actually like make you happy and he repeated it and I was like I don't even know what to say to that and then I think Kane woke up I went upstairs I came down and then he was like let me ask you a question why are you still wearing your wedding ring and I froze up there I was like because it's a beautiful piece of jewelry because I'm gonna take it off eventually but right now I want to wear it because I can In that moment, he like got up, walked at the door, and like that was it. And I sat there after. I was like, hey, I haven't given him this letter. I also just didn't tell him the truth. I was like, he's never probably seen me this vulnerable in my life. But I said to him the next day, You know, the reason why I'm still wearing this, I'm like, it's so hard for me to say this to you because you're living with another woman down the street. I don't think our story's over. I still love you. And that just like opened the doorway for him to share how he had been feeling. Like my vulnerability allowed him to start being vulnerable and it opened up a lot of conversations. Would he still go back to her during this? Mm Mm-hmm this was, this was still, I mean, this was still two months before my daughter was born. It was still like, it, and I feel like this is the part of the story where it gets crazy. We started opening up conversation. Um, he was very unsure. He was like, how could you ever forgive me? How could you not just like turn around and do the same thing? Mm. And it went back and forth between the like, you know, I have this one life where it's, it's fun and it's a party and there's no responsibilities to this other life of, like, if I choose this, I'm probably going to be punished for the rest of my life as well. Mm. And we talked about it for weeks. You know, we talked about it for weeks. We started spending some time together, um, some time together as a family. And it was... It wasn't easy i mean it wasn't easy for me it wasn't easy for him because there was a lot of back and forth there was a lot of all i want is my family and then would go dark and i wouldn't hear from him for days and was like i'm gonna go to napa valley for a week and i'm like like it was his birthday i'm gonna go to napa for my birthday but you know a week later you told me all you want for your birthday is like to be back under the same roof and to have your family back so there was weeks i mean six weeks Two months, something like that, where there's a lot of back and forth and back and forth and a lot of indecisiveness and a lot of like, you know, I want to work this out and then I don't. And you still choose peace. And I still choose peace. I still (laughs) choose peace. And I had somehow like created this limitation on it though. I was like, okay, if we figure this out by the time our daughter's born, like, we'll be able to figure this out. Like there's a chance that we can heal from this. And she oh my gosh. The end of it's the end of the summer. We my son and I are planning to go away for a week to spend the last week of the summer at a cottage with my family. And the night before we leave, my husband and I have sex and he's still living with her and the next day he leaves and goes back to her and 3 days later when we're gone he just says you know i'm going to i'm going to move out tomorrow can i come there can we like can we like actually work our shit out 2 hours later my water breaks and i go into labor <sighs> 3 weeks early <laughs> 3 weeks early i have i have our daughter He ends up, yeah, he ends up coming home with me from the hospital that day. And it is so incredibly awkward. It's so incredibly uncomfortable. He's sleeping on the couch. He hasn't told this woman that it's over. His stuff is still at her house. And in fact, I'm like pretty sure he's telling her the exact opposite. Like, I'm just here to help with, with Kane. I'm here. Like, I need to help her get through these first few days. So we walk around on eggshells. We pretend that we're like gonna figure things out but we don't really. We don't have any real conversations. Um, Things end up happening between the two of them that gets pretty volatile and so they stop speaking. And I think, okay, we're we're gonna figure this out. We're like back under the same roof. It's happening on my timeline, like it said. It had to happen by the time my daughter was born. And then three, she's three weeks old, and again, I get hit with this intuition like he's going to leave again. He's not coming home tonight. He's saying goodbye to you on his way to work, and he'll see you after work, and he's not going to show up. And it happened, and he didn't show up. And the next day, said, I'm out for good, and sent me a message that said, I'm in love with her, and I know this isn't what you want to hear. I'm making a life here. And that's, like, when the breakdown happened. I was like, I I can't do this anymore. I have to, like, I, I, I packed up my son and my three-week-old daughter and we left the city that we had lived in. And I went to my mom's house and just was devastated.
0: Because I feel like just having a newborn with mm-hmm. a, a small child and being a solo parent is beyond exhausting without like, and, this and i feel like
1: the most yeah the most exhausting part was for those 3 weeks trying to like tiptoe around him yeah it's like the exact
0: opposite of what you need mm-hmm. in your fourth trimester
1: mhm
0: and so leaving then is that you just done are you just choosing peace on your own like for yourself
1: choosing peace on my own for myself I was like I have to be done I was like I can't I can't sit here two blocks away from you if this is your choice I can't sit here two blocks away from you to like make it work with our kids And my my family is two hours away, so I'm like, that's where I'm gonna go. And like I don't know how we're gonna figure this out. I don't know how you're gonna be part of our kids' life, but like I can't be here. I can't be in this city. I can't like I can't just keep doing this. I can't keep going with the back and forth. If this is your choice, it gets to be your choice, but then I get to have my choice too. And I left and it was so crazy. I remember leaving the city and driving away with my both my kids in the back seat and calling his mom. And I was like bawling and saying like, saying like, I'm so afraid he's going to think I abandoned him. And I don't want to do that. And I could see him in his pain and I wanted to be there. And I was like, I just can't. And one of my friends had said to me, she's like, you know, maybe he needs to hit rock bottom and you can't like, You can't try to protect him. You can't try to stop that. And yet he had left twice and it felt like I was the one like leaving him because I knew like, I just knew our souls weren't done yet. But I knew in that moment I had to like choose me and I had to choose my kids.
0: It feels like all he did was abandon the family so it it feels it just sounds really interesting for you to feel like you abandoned him after all of this time
1: I know and I know it sounds crazy but I could like we had actually like the night before that he left for the second time we had probably the most like real and honest conversation we had had in our entire life and i could just feel his pain i could feel his pain from like so many of his wounds from his childhood and that he felt he wasn't worthy of us he wasn't worthy of his kids love that he wasn't worthy of me
0: do you feel like your proximity and your availability to him padded his own rock bottom like did that say you left with the kids earlier do you feel like his experience would have been as lengthy?
1: Yeah, I honestly think that, I don't even, again, I feel like this is gonna sound so crazy. I don't even think it was about him needing to go through that full experience. I think it was about me needing to go through that full experience. Mm.
0: It doesn't sound crazy.
1: And cause the thing that happened after, so after the, you know, after that second time he left and after I was out of the city and I was, you know, surrounded by my family, I, all of a sudden just, I have this moment that I was in the park that I knew I was like, okay, the first time he left was really for my own growth for me to like tap into, to my own spiritual journey. And then the second time, Was for the rest of the world. The second time was for the women who needed to hear my story. And at that time, I decided I was going to write a book and that I was going to like share the experience that I went through. And I learned so much about, like I said, so many lessons on forgiveness and faith and trust and surrender that I was like, this is, I went through this experience so I can share it. So tell us how,
0: how, Are you connected again after that time of moving away?
1: About three weeks later, I found um, that he had booked flights to go to, like through banking stuff, I'd found that he had booked flights to go to Australia and she's from Australia. So I was like, and they had talked in those text messages that I had looked at at one point about running away to Australia and like never you know, coming back and I, um, it looked like there was like from the dollar amount, I assumed that it was two one-way tickets he had booked. And I just, again, like this was a place where I didn't choose peace, where I lost it and where I was like, if you're going to go, like just fucking go, like just go and be out of our life and like go. And we had this like blow up fight over the phone about it. At this point, he hadn't seen our kids in a couple weeks. And my daughter is now like five weeks old. I'm like, you haven't even seen her in two weeks. Like she's a baby. And I was like, just go like, be gone, be out of our life. And we had this blow up conversation and I was meditating in the park right after. And again, this like came in was like, even if he needs to go, he's going to wake up across the world. And one day he's going to wake up. And I was like, I don't know if I'm still going to be there. But I'm also not closed off to it and it was just like this this like you you don't know how this story is supposed to unfold so don't like don't say never and I came into that meditation and he had sent me a message and he's like I'm going on vacation like I'm coming back and we had a conversation again and I was like you know I'm going to be in the city this weekend we can talk And he showed up for three days and held our daughter each morning. And I just said to him, you know, I'm leaving the city for good on Sunday. I've hired movers. They're coming to move. We sold our house. I was like, I'm leaving. If you want to come with us, if you want to be with your kids, I don't know where this is going to lead to for you and I, but I'm willing to like support you in your own healing. And I was like, you can. You have a choice, you can come on that U-Haul with us or you cannot, and you get to choose, but the door is open if you wanna come and you wanna have this opportunity to like be with your family and you wanna heal. And I drove out of the city and I watched him get in the U-Haul behind me and I drove out in, in my truck with the kids. And I remembered like actually being like, he's either gonna turn right and go towards her house or he's gonna go straight and hit the highway, and I have no idea what he's gonna choose. And I was like, I'm okay with whatever he chooses. And he drove to the highway. I mean, and then the journey from there became a journey of healing.
0: <laughs> That's a whole another podcast. That's a whole other
1: <laughs> podcast, a whole other story, but I don't know, it just <sighs> And I know that I feel like there's so many pieces of this. It sounds like, did you just keep letting him? Did you just keep allowing? Did you just keep like, and I did, I just kept saying like, you have a choice you get to choose and you feel like, you know, a big thing. He felt like he only had one choice and I was like, you don't in each moment. And this is something I stand by in my work and in the women I lead, whether it's in my soul coaching or my business coaching, it's that you have a choice. You know just like I had that choice the day that I told him it was a pretty ring I had a choice to choose again and to be vulnerable and share my truth with him and I believe in the power of choice and I believed in giving him the power of choice too so where do you go to my mom's for a couple weeks and then my dad um, my dad's house was becoming available because he goes to Florida for the winters so we moved into my dad's house for a couple months and um when my daughter was 10 weeks old i actually took her and my son to costa rica where i'm living right now and when i was there i was like hey this is where this is where we're meant to be this is where our family's gonna heal so we came to costa rica for four months and yeah it wasn't just like a four-month vacation where we're like life is great we didn't put the band-aid solution on we actually dove into a lot of healing work we had the most real conversations that we've ever had in our in our life we grieved the losses that we had never grieved with therapy or just the two of you before we left canada we um worked with a therapist that we worked with together that he worked with um by himself and then we once we came to costa rica it was really just ourselves as a family did you forgive him before
0: you started the work or did you was it constant waves of forgiveness throughout that four months
1: I had forgiven him before I even considered reconciling with him the first time I had forgiven him before my daughter was born I had forgiven him basically the moment that I wrote him that letter saying that I was choosing his happiness and my peace, I had forgiven him at that point.
0: And does that mean that it's never brought up in arguments, you never throw it in his face, it's never a warning, it's none of those things?
1: It's been five years, it has never once been brought up in an argument, it has never been thrown in his face. We've had so many conversations around it we've talked about her we use her name when he tried to to pretend like when he tried to say you know when he got that message and he said no i didn't love her i had a conversation with him around i think he really did because this is what i saw and this is what it feels like and you know what it's okay to love two people so we've had so many conversations we still have conversations
0: have you discussed that if it ever turns up in your marriage again that either one of you wants to explore something with someone else that you would converse about that first.
1: This is an interesting one because we had actually had that conversation before in our marriage when we first started dating. I actually didn't wanna get married. I didn't believe in monogamy. So I thought we'd had that conversation before and that didn't happen. Um, So yeah, we have had that conversation again since. He's grown so much um, would it never happen again? Like, uh, I wouldn't say that, but I also feel like we're in a place where like our communication is so open that he would actually feel like he could come speak to me, which I don't think he did before, even though it had been said before, I don't think I was actually open to ever hearing that if it was the truth.
0: Mm. I just think it's a really interesting concept when we you know, we're not born to be monogamous human beings and we choose marriage and that's a construct that society has given us. And I'm married and I, I love it because my parents went, it was my way of rebelling. And um, it's a long life and it's a long commitment and things happen like, you know, and traumas resurface. And I think that there needs to be space between partners, that feels safe that if something was happening or going to happen after the fact that they could be heard is that something that you would agree with
1: oh I 1000% agree with and I think this is the thing like I've had so many people say to me say this to me and I've coached women through their own experiences of infidelity like I said I'm writing an entire book on my journey and story and spiritual awakening and experience and people will say to me they're like okay so like what's the ending of this book like it's like just happy ending and like now you know for sure like you guys made it through that you can make it through anything and I'm like no like hell no who knows what tomorrow's gonna bring who knows what five years from now, who knows, 10 years, 20 years. Like I know right now we're both committed to growth, that we're both committed to this this journey, but if one of us decides like to stop growing, we're probably gonna grow apart. Mm-hmm. Like like there's no like, we you're like, oh now you know this is forever. No, but I know that we're committed to having conversations forever. I know that we're in the most open place that we've ever been. I know that we're being the most honest with each other that we've ever been. Do you trust him? Mhm. Does he trust you? Mhm. And in fact, for the, so we're living in Costa Rica now, but up until, you know, up until COVID, he was traveling 60% of the time. He, he launched a new business and he's traveling 60% of the time back to Toronto, like where we left throughout the U S. And that's the question I get asked, asked all the time. How do you trust them when he's traveling? And it's, I trust in the level of communication and the conversations that we have. And I also like, he's been through it. I know he doesn't want to go back through that again.
0: I think that's the thing. I think it's, it's, it's an easy, the easy way is to walk away when someone betrays you. That's the easy mm-hmm. way, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sitting with someone to unpack all of that trauma that led them to that place. Cause he knows that. He knows now he didn't know then you can't unknow mm-hmm. the knowing right mm-hmm. it's like why would he betray and make those poor choices again when he knows where
1: mm-hmm. it comes
0: from it seems really redundant
1: well and, and you now that they're like the easy choice would have been for me to walk away that would have been easy for me like I said I asked so many times I was like can I like signs God angels like can I please walk away now and it was always no. And I was like, gosh, like, come on. Um, So the easy choice would have been for me to walk away. And I don't think like my choice is the choice for everyone. I think that, and I've worked with so many women that I know it's not the choice for everyone, Mm. but it was the choice for me, but it was the harder choice.
0: And I think it's also hard when you grow up in a a Western culture where it's like, fuck him, you deserve better. It's this kind of... um, our girlfriends or our support groups can sometimes not give us the insight and information we actually need. It can be counterproductive and it can also damage a lot of friendships along the way. I think that we need to be really cautious of the way we turn up to with friends and their marriages and the complexity
1: of that Yeah. And I had a girlfriend say to me, she said, after she said, you know, just because you've forgiven him doesn't mean that we have to, doesn't mean that we've forgiven him. Like we saw the pain that you were in. We saw the, like, everything that you went through. So like, I don't have to forgive him. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, you get to choose. Mm. And you know, people always ask about my mom and my sisters, like, how did they forgive him? Like throughout the entire time, my mom, who is like so wildly incredible. And, and she also was like always in his corner. She also always saw like what was truly like who he was as a person and truly like what, what he carries in his heart. So yeah, I think that just really that, that commitment to us, like for us to each other of growth, I think not, you know, when you ask like, did it, has it ever been thrown in his face? If that, if that had happened, like that would, he wouldn't trust me. I wouldn't trust him. Mm -hmm. Like we really came from this place of like, we're choosing our family. We're choosing to heal. We're choosing each other. This is just such a beautiful story. And I
0: really, God, you have been through something so heavy that, you know, we get to learn through your process so i want to say thank you on behalf of everybody listening
1: thank you you know it's it's interesting to me sometimes i'm like you know there's this like a voice inside my head that's like shut the fuck up your husband had an affair it's happened to so many of us and then there's this other you know and there's so many other traumas that people are experiencing like if this is it like be thankful there's the voice that says that and then there's the voice that says like we all have our own experiences we all have our own level of traumas and my feel and why I share my story and why I'm so passionate about like coming on podcasts like this and writing my book is knowing that other women might not have the same experience as me, but if they can feel a piece of themselves in my story, in my journey, if they can tap into that inner knowing they have, if they can learn to trust themselves, if they can believe and have faith like that's that's what i share my message for a
0: final question is who are you when no one's watching
1: I mean, I'd love to say that at all times, I'm the woman that I say I am, that I preach to my clients, that I show up on Instagram ads, that I talk about on podcasts, that I'm the woman who's always deeply surrendered in trust, that I always have faith, that I always respond from a place of love. But I'm human. I'm a woman with emotions. I'm a woman with triggers. I'm a woman who's on a journey of growth and who's constantly healing. I'm a woman who's like invested in her own growth and own expansion and that means I act as a human and there's times where I react and there's times where I find it hard to keep the faith and there's times that I get angry and there's times I'm not the mom I desire to be and there's times I'm not the woman I desire to be, but I'm doing my best and I am committed to growing and I'm committed to sharing my stories, even the fuck ups, even the failures along with the wins. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having these conversations with women and men in the world and sharing the stories that are, you know, that I truly believe need to be heard. And I wanna add that we will share your business
0: information for any men or women that feel that they want to connect in our show notes as well.
1: Mm. Amazing, yeah, amazing. I One thing I'm known for is I don't hold back myself and <laughs> my business partner, whether it's on Instagram or in our programs or on our podcasts. Like, We share truth, we share all of it because I think it's important that people don't just see, you know, the highlight reel that people don't just see all the good parts that people see and and get to really, you know, Mm -hmm. hear the truth, hear the truth that we all experience as as women, as human beings. I'm so with you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. This has been, yeah, this has been amazing.
0: I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep.
1: Small details are big surfaces.